Welcome to This Week in Sports with Eric and Cousin Dave. As always, I'm Eric Werda with David Kramer. And it's a bittersweet weekend coming up. It's the final week of football until August. So the six-month window is closing. I mean, it's always football, but combine's coming up, draft, all that fun stuff. But as far as games, yeah, NFL's done. USFL will kick off, so might touch on that when those when that time comes. But we'll preview the Super Bowl. Uh, we'll preview. We'll recap some of the coaching hires, some other NFL news, um, and some other some smaller news that's still pretty big um, that we want to get going first. Um, trade deadline week in the NBA, and there's been there were a couple big ones today, Dave. And there's two big ones came early. Usually you see, you see these kind of deals Thursday about 3.30, right when they uh, get pushed right to the uh, right to the edge. But the first one that came out was uh, Portland. Start, looks like they're starting to shake things up over there a little bit. They started something uh, last week, trading with the uh, Clippers. But now they, they moved C.J. McCollum, which was a, is, is been their second piece, their second fiddle to Dame for eight, seven, eight, nine years. And they got they got the traded him, Larry Nance, Tony Snell, two of the Pelicans for a couple couple players, most notably Josh Hart, um, Nikhil Alexander Walker, and a couple and a first round pick and a couple second round picks. Right off the cuff, I kind of looked at that trade and I was like, whoa, maybe this is a blow up by uh, the blow up starting. Get get one of the one big piece. Dame's the next shoe on the on the uh, on the table, but I'll get to that in a second. But um, I think this trade at first, like, whoa, 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 what's going on? This is a huge, huge get for uh, for uh, the Pelicans. But then I realized the nice once I saw what they gave up, I kind of kind of took a step back. I know you and I talked about this a little bit today, and I think New Orleans gave up a little too much, to be honest with you. Now, granted, CJ is a great piece. Josh Hart is a poor man, CJ, I would say but he's getting paid half the price, which gives you more flexibility. In today's NBA, that's always a great thing to have. And he's five years younger. But, and he's, yes, he is younger. Um, and he's not always not hurt. So yeah, there's a lot of durability issues to that. Larry Nance could be a great, could make this, push this deal over the edge. I mean, you don't, you haven't heard his name in a while. So basically he played LeBron in Cleveland was last, the last couple of years, but uh, if he can get healthy, I think that would be huge for uh, New Orleans. Put some another athletic wing to pair up with Ingram. There's still that Zion Zion cloud hanging over that whole the whole organization. Uh, so that's got to come to fruition. He's due for for an extension here coming up. So I mean that's a different whole different topic. But uh, all in all, I mean I think both sides got what they wanted. Um, seems it sounds like Portland is not going to blow it up. Uh, even though I, I don't think Dame might not play the rest of the year because of that, the abdomen stuff. But uh sounds like they're going to take this cap flexibility they have now, and they're going to take the picks they have, and they're going to go get somebody. Um, it sounds like that he, before Thursday, they want to get their really high on uh, Grant from Detroit, which is, which is good for us because now they got, they got some capital. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll overpay a little bit for him. Uh, the Pistons, that is, when I say us. Uh, but what, what, what are your thoughts, Eric? You know, NBA, you do follow NBA, and uh, 
there's there's some there's some household names in that that first trade. Yeah, um, I know when I texted you, I kind of same deal. Um, thought it was a little balanced. Thought it was like a pretty pretty balanced deal. Um, just the initial just the initial headline, and then reading more into it, yeah, I mean I think they gave up a little too much as well. Um, I mean, but it's the NBA. I mean, draft picks are a premium. Uh, with only two rounds, so you have to throw in extra players sometimes. Uh, and, I mean, that's just kind of the NBA how it is. Um, so, but I do agree that they gave up a little too much. They could have kept. And they could have kept some, maybe maybe a pick, maybe another player, but it's not how it is. So that's kind of my thoughts. Um I still think it is balanced. I think it gives both teams the needs. Uh, New Orleans, I mean, no one's really talking about them despite no Zion. They're right in it for the playing game, for the playing tournament, for the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. absolutely. They're, uh, this is a move I think benefits New Orleans just a little more, um, giving them a veteran presence, someone that's been in the playoffs um, in CJ. Um, Larry Nance obviously has that. Just, I do again just question did they give up did they send too much over um to Portland? So that's all I that's all I can say. And uh it's and like I mentioned earlier too, and you're you're absolutely right, Eric, about the, the playoff presence and and you get a you get a you get a household name, which is huge in that market. They need something. Um I think people people sleep on a little bit too is uh Brandon Ingram Brandon Ingram is really is a really good basketball player. And this team is actually the teams actually. I went back um, when I got home from work and kind of looked at some records. They're playing really well the last thirty days. Um, they are they are improving the standings, uh, and it all just circles around just that big dark cloud of, of Zion. What's going to happen? What's he, what's he want to do? I mean, he could be one of those guys. I first thought he'd be one of those guys that would maybe decline the rookie extension and just force his way out right away. But I really think with these with these health injuries his health concerns and the injuries he's has, it would be stupid to leave that money on the table. Um, Cause it's the first contract you can't really make up like you can the other, the other years. But uh, yeah, CJ Ingram, a couple pieces they got there, a couple of good rookies at that team. A team could be a decent team, could be a tough out. And if they get in the playoffs and with Portland trading these guys, it seemed like Portland's going to take that step back this year. Uh, I know I said earlier, they're going to, Maybe re- try to reload around Dane. I think that'll be more so the the big player they want. Maybe Carl Anthony Towns or somebody like that. Those some picks on that. That that won't happen until the summer. I don't think anything like that happened. No, I definitely I agree with that. I mean, New Orleans seems to be making that playoff push, and despite being a half game behind New Orleans and Portland. I think they're kind of mailing it in. Um, maybe get lucky in the lottery. I'm not sure, but we don't know how lotteries can go. Um, when you miss the playoffs, but yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, but yeah, that, uh, the other one, and I kind of feel, I feel for the guy. Um, just because when you and I, you and I know the name more um, Sabonis. I mean, his dad. Uh, we saw him play. 
feel bad. I mean, he's kind of moved around a lot. <laughs> uh, he's been traded. He's mm-hmm. been, um, just hasn't found a place. But I don't know what I. This is the one I questioned. Not necessarily the deal itself, but the but one player involved. Pacers traded. Pacers and the Kings worked out a six-player deal, including Demontis Sabonis, and really the shocking name is. And this is a player I loved um, in college and wanted the Pistons to draft him a couple years ago um, when they drafted Hayes, is Terese Halliburton from Iowa State. I, I'm i shocked that said, that Sacramento moved him. I, foolish. Absolutely I, foolish. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, my thoughts, I mean, I'm just shocked that that deal happened. Or not like that happened, but just that they included Alburnin. They take they're taking Darren Fox over over Halliburton. I disagree with that. Um, I thought Halliburton was a player to build around, but you know, Pacers are getting Pacers included Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday, and a twenty seven a twenty twenty seven second round pick in exchange for Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson. So Pacers, I mean, they're they're out they're out of it this year, but I mean if they hold on, I mean the future is there with Halliburton and a really good shooter and Buddy Heald. Um, Thompson kind of age age getting up there, but has that veteran leadership. Um, so those are my thoughts on it. Um, what are yours? I mean, this, this to me just screams incompetence. This is a terrible, terrible, terrible trade. Sacramento Kings. They just can't get out of their own way. They've tried to play for the playing game last year. Kind of faltered a little bit on that. Um, two, three years ago, they had um, Van Gavidic. I uh, can't say his name. I apologize, but he's played for the um, Hawks now. But he, they, let, they basically let him walk. They didn't want to pay him or need to do any kind of sign of trade. They let uh, they held on to Barnes. Let on held on to Heald. They could trade some of those guys in that Lakers pick for all those guys last year, where they end up getting Westbrook. The Lakers did. They picked the wrong guy. They picked they picked Aaron Fox over Halliburton. They own the rights of Halliburton essentially for five more years, if not more. I don't know how quick how good the math. Because they had that rookie extension they'd offer him. Plus, he's currently on a rookie deal still. This guy has all the potential to be an all-pro basketball player. He showed signs of it last year. He's got – he's like number one in pick-and-roll defense out of so many so many, so many pick-and-rolls. He is just – he's so good. And it's hard to explain that you watch Sacramento Kings, which not many people watch Sacramento Kings. He was a lone bright spot that I would turn the TV on because he was that – potentially be that next level. And they got Sabonis. That's a great guy. He's a great player. He's an all-star. But Halliburton is the kind of guy change your whole franchise around. He is that star that you want to get in, in the NBA. In the NBA, you need stars to win, and he is that star. The Pacers, they're set up here. Um, they, they got something cooking now. Made Now they uh, sit back and watch these guys develop. It's just so foolish. The, the Kings – are almost 
I kind of like, I mean, it's a kind of a bad comparison, different cross sports, but they're almost like the, uh, I don't know, Rays in baseball, minus the, 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 but the Rays have so much postseason success. Um, they just essentially just draft players, stay in the lottery every year, and when the players get good, they get rid of them. I don't, I don't, I don't still understand that. The Aaron Fox should have been moved. They would got a lot less because he's not great uh the past year and a half but uh foolish trade that's a, that's an f in my book i just don't think that they uh this this trade stunned the nba if you get the chance go listen to woge on uh on espn tonight or or try to google something on twitter he said the the nba was just flabbergasted what the hell are the kings doing well yeah i mean that's and what i just, said i mean that's kind of me i mean insane like i mean i love sabanis i love watching that his old man play um Big pioneer. I mean, when you talk about kind of backtrack, when you talk about pioneers of European basketball, the NBA, everyone thinks Dirk. Uh, but yeah, back a little further than that. I mean, you got Detlef Schrempf and and Sabonis. I mean, those were the two. Nevada Sabonis are probably the two, and Detlef are probably the biggest pioneers, mm-hmm. I think, um, Europe to NBA um, in terms of that market. But anyway, yeah, I mean, like I said, I love Sabonis. Very solid player. I like that for Sacramento, but I mean they're putting their eggs in a in a backcourt of De'Aaron Fox and a rookie Davion Mitchell. I mean, I I don't know. I mean Davion Mitchell obviously had a very solid, very solid career at I mean Baylor when he won a national championship last year, but he's Averaging ten points a game, just over ten a game. I mean, and to your point on Halliburton, guys ranked the top ten in steals. I mean, he's more an all-around player, and you need that in today's NBA. And Sacramento needs someone like that, and they, yeah, like you said, they can't get out of their own way. And I don't even know who to compare that to in in the NBA or any other sport where. You draft this one player, but that has the star potential, and then you let him walk. I mean, or you trade him. I mean, I guess the equivalent, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know of a comparison. Um, but yeah, it just, they gave up the wrong guy. Um, but that's going to kind of wrap up those two NBA things. We'll probably talk about a little more next week. Uh, after the deadline when we see more deals, if there's more deals that come out, um, which I think there will be, but we'll segue into a story that's kind of been on the back burner um, until today. Um, when Jordan was co-hosting with me, we talked about it pretty much at nauseum. We had a stretch where we hated bringing these topics up, but they had to be. Um, Trevor Bauer, that whole <laughs> case thing, he will not face criminal charges. Um, for sexual assault, um, but the M, but the MLB investigation is still going. Um, so, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Not really. Uh, I mean, he, he'll he'll get a shot somewhere again. I don't. Do, do the Dodgers still own their rights? Did he, he sign a contract with them, or was it a one-year deal? I, I don't really know his salary. I, it's been so it's been so long <laughs> since he pitched, and um, I don't know where he's at. I think the, I know the Dodgers. I think they'll outright release him. 
Um, Cause I know a lot yeah. of the Dodgers players when everything was going on, we're like, we don't need this distraction. We don't want him back. Um, and a lot yeah. of Dodgers players felt that way. So he, I don't, if he comes back, I don't know if he will get a shot, but he'll, if he does, he's not going to be, in, he's not going to be a Dodger. Yeah. And I, and I apologize to listeners for not knowing the answer to that question. It kind of, this was a late, late breaking kind of thing for us. And uh, I, I do know the only thing I got to say about this whole stuff is, I mean, I'm sure he'll be suspended uh, for whatever many games, whenever baseball comes back. And, but he's too good. He'll play somewhere. I would, I would imagine someone will sign him. Maybe not right away. Maybe a playoff push, but you haven't seen the last Trevor Bauer playing baseball. I don't know. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's all we can do is time will tell with this one. Um, but yeah, we'll kind of end it there because we don't know much else about it. Um, but we'll kick off to the big reason why we're here. It's the it's Super Bowl week. Um, the Pro Bowl was Sunday. And no one cares. <laughs> um, there was a fun weekend in Vegas, though. Uh, NHL weekend was there in the Pro Bowl. Um, I thought the NHL, I didn't watch the All-Star game, or the NHL All-Star game, but I did watch the skills competition, which I've said I think it's the best one of uh, of the sports. But the guys and the NHLers embraced it. Um, the shootout competition was great. Uh, Jack Hughes doing a mad doing a magic trick. Um, Trevor, Trevor Zegers comes out, Peter LaFleur blindfold, which is nasty if you haven't seen that. Watch that video. That was unreal to watch. Um, I can't remember his name, dressed as Alan from The Hangover. Um, mm-hmm. Like They they embraced it. Um, they embraced the Vegas, and it was, it was fun to kind of watch that. Um, but the Pro Bowl was there i really don't really don't care much about the pro bowl and former players ripped about it um because no they don't put up the effort they don't really care um justin herbert was the offensive mvp mvp and i think i said it before one of the most underrated defensive linemen in the league is max crosby um so he took defensive mvp and you would think that would be the big story. It was not. Alvin Kamara got arrested um, for alleged alleged assault, breaking the guy's orbital bone. Um, and I waited to say anything before the report came out on what happened. And apparently this guy was trying to get in an elevator with them, Kamara pushed him back. The guy moved his hand away. Apparently, he called one of the entourage guys ugly, and that warranted enough for a assault, like a pure on five, five on one, four on one assault. And Kamara didn't throw any punches at first, but according to the police report, and saw the video they saw the video and id'd kamara on it and apparently he got some punches and kicks in um so if uh if convicted or if charged and convicted it's he's facing a five-year sentence um but obviously we won't talk but we'll go into those details um no i don't think the video's out yet um but 
based off the report, he's looking at at least a suspension, which I sent you sport track, uh, which is a great salary site. To, if you want, if you're into that stuff, tracking salary caps and all that. Kamara's going to lose a lot of guaranteed money if he gets suspended. Uh, so, I mean, I was told years ago, many years ago, life's about choices. And I think he made the wrong choice, obviously, it sounds like. Yeah. Um, but we'll, uh, we'll see. I don't know, Dave, you have any thoughts on that? No, you, I mean, you pretty much said everything. Um, and this video will get out, just like, just like the Ray Rice video get out. Someone will pay someone in the whole Social Security enough money to release the video or to sell it to them, and this will get out to public. But yeah, the video, the video from what the police have, it shows, like you, like you said earlier, it shows Kamara punching the man. And the, according to ESPN, it shows Kamara punching the man about eight times before Kamara's associate stepped in to stop on him several more times. So this was this uh, this was a pretty good pretty good ass whooping for, uh, that this guy got on the hands of Kamara and these guys. Um yeah he, this there will I, I think there'll be a lengthy suspension. Um especially the NFL especially with the NFL trying to get any kind of good publicity nowadays. And uh this will be a heavy suspension. This could be a huge, huge, huge monetary loss for him. Yeah, not I mean, even talk about the legal charges, the jail time. Yeah. Um, what happened to that? Will I get settled out of court with a big monetary payout to this guy? I, who knows? I mean, that's, that's not up to us and not up to – that's nowhere to even be close to being decided now. But, uh, yeah. And all about, all accounts, you hear about this guy. He's a pretty cool guy. And uh, there's probably more, a little more to the story, but at the same time, it doesn't matter. If the video shows you doing what you did to this guy, it's, it's not not tolerated, and there should be punishment handed down for that. I feel yeah, absolutely. And what is, hey, I mean, there's two ways you can say it. I mean, there's two sides to every story, but the saying now is there's three. Um, there's one side, another side, and there's and then there's the truth. Mm -hmm. um, so, well, I think the video has the evidence. Obviously, that's how they ID'd him. Kind of interesting thing is this happened Sunday morning at at six thirty a.m. Vegas time. He played in the Pro Bowl and was arrested after it. <laughs> like, yeah, he still played in the Pro Bowl. I mean, how? I like I'm not even sure how that didn't get out until that late. Like, it that's what that's what kind of baffles me, and it's kind of interesting. I mean. I mean, is this like, kind of lead to a topic? Like, is Vegas really a city for sports teams? I mean, I mean that's kind of the question that you can start to ask pretty soon because a lot of Vegas has been Vegas sports have been headlined this year for all the wrong reasons. Um, so it's uh, it'll be interesting to see what the NFL does. Obviously, we're going to wait and see on this. Uh, I'm always one to let things play out first or wait till there's more to the story before commenting. But just early reports are saying it, it's pretty damning, um, bottom line. 
So mm-hmm. we'll uh, we'll see there. Um, but and we'll uh, before the Super Bowl preview. Nine coaches were hired. Nine teams looking for coaches. Excuse me. Nine uh, nine jobs filled. Um, the cycle's over. Teams can now focus on their uh, on their off season um, with their with the coaching staffs together now. Uh, I there were some good ones. Some I really liked. Some I questioned a lot. Um, Dave, what are your uh, what do you think of this coaching carousel? Um, I think there was a lot of great hires. Uh, but I had to uh, rank the best, the top two. I think the Giants got a great guy. Um, and I also think Jacksonville got a got, got a great guy. Um, Jacksonville was all about appeasing Trevor Lawrence. It seems like Trevor Lawrence is on board by all the social media that he was going crazy in after they, after they announced Doug Peterson. Um, his development's number one, like we kept saying last year. Was Urban. Urban was not the guy for several reasons. Um, I think Brian Dable is a, is, a, is a smart, smart man. He uh, brings a lot of different uh, things from Buffalo. It took time to develop Josh Allen. Um, just, I think it just, he was so raw. Daniel Jones, that's to be determined. I personally am out on him. If Brian Dable can get him any sort of competence. They got some receivers. They got, they got a number two pick and running back. Whether you like him or not, he's still very talented. NFL NFC East is not that great. Maybe they can do a quick, quick turnaround. Uh, I think those are the two best, right? Those are, from my, in my opinion, Two great ones. Um, honorable mention, Kevin O'Connell. I, th- I don't think you can go wrong with a with a McVay tree. I mean, look look at the Super Bowl, right? It's McVay and his one of his one of his coaching tree. So right there is good. Um, I think worst that I would have to vote against Houston for a variety of reasons. Why fire Coley? Another stopgap. Coley had the respect of all the whole team. It seemed like. People loved him, for, and he, he looked so overmatched the first part of the year. And then as the year got on, he uh, like he got his got under his feet, got his feet wet, and he was doing well. And he had to respect the locker room, respect the players there. Um, so the Houston one I didn't really understand, and uh, Bears, I, I I get it, I get why they hired the guy. Um, Staples of defense, Chicago, many years. They, uh, I just thought that they had Jim Caldwell if he wanted him, it seemed like. And if, why he's not a head coach, I don't know. I think he's phenomenal, um, especially with Justin Fields. That would have been, that would have been great for them. Those are my two, two worst ones I would have to say. Yeah, no, I kind of agree. I mean, I, I'm actually going to flip. Um, I'm going to put, Doug Peterson is my favorite um, just because I just because this is a guy that I don't know I mean this is a guy that helped he made Carson his uh, he made Carson once look good I mean I don't know if that's more mm-hmm. Frank Reich but 
I mean, I was but that year the Eagles won the Super Bowl, and I've said it for since then. Before Wentz tore his ACL, he was going to win MVP that year. Um, I think he was the MVP favorite, um, and then they made and then in an ironic move. I mean, Nick Foles led that team to that playoff run and and Super Bowl, and ironically ended up as a Jaguar, <laughs> um, where Doug Peterson is. Um, but I think he's got that. I think he's really good at developing quarterbacks. Um, and I think, and that's the biggest thing for Jacksonville right now is develop Trevor Lawrence. So um, I really love Doug Peterson there. Um, my second is, is Brian Dable. Um, I was shocked last, last year's coaching uh, cycle that he didn't get a job. Um, Daniel Jones is, I agree. I mean, I was on the, this is a different scenario. I was big on the Josh Allen train from day one. Um, and it took a couple of years to develop. I don't know if Dable can do it. I think it's too little too late for Daniel Jones, but they got two picks. In the, they got two picks in the top 10. I mean, I'm not sure if they go the quarterback route. I don't think there's a quarterback worth taking in the top 10. Um, but um, but this is the NFL, and there's going to be a running quarterbacks like there always is. Um, but I think one of the sneaky, the sneaky good hire was was the Dolphins. Again, this is another guy that Mike McDaniel, young guy, a um, lot of a lot of jokes um, came out like, about what with the glasses and everything. I think I, a lot of people said Mike McDonald looks like a guy that could do this or would do this. Um, but he's a great football mind. Um, Kyle Shanahan speaks very highly of him. Um, I think that's a big loss for their offense. Um, but I think, is he the guy that, is he the guy that can unlock two of um, is he the guy that can turn him into what the Dolphins thought he would be when they took him? I don't know. Um, my least favorite, obviously, I'm, I am going with I am going with Houston. I mean, Lovey Smith is obviously a very interesting hire there. Um, it just I don't even know what Houston's doing. I mean, I, you know how we said uh, we couldn't think of a team that gets in their own way. We, I think we found the team. <laughs> um, I think it's That's Houston. Point. Um, I don't know what they're doing. Uh, there's still a lot, obviously a lot of question marks with Deshaun, but we'll see that when we get to that. But I, I don't know. And, and likewise too, um, the former, the former Vunderkind, Dennis Allen. Um, going to the is the head coach of the Saints. Um, he wasn't wasn't that good in when Oakland when he was with the Raiders. Um, but is deep. I just think that I think this is an interesting situation for Dennis Allen. 
I think that Denver, I think that Oakland team was not, he was not ready for that type of job. They weren't good at all um, when he took over and never really got better. Um, but I just don't think he was ready at the time to get, I think he's obviously has learned, I mean, similar to Dan Campbell and that's not much talk about the Sean Payton coaching tree, but Sean Payton does not, does not hire idiots. Um, so we'll see, um, Saints defense, I mean, there's still a pretty good defense this year. I think it was more on the offense this year. Um, so there's, so they got a lot to work on offensively. Defense is going to be their question mark, but I'm still kind of questioning the Dennis Allen hire. Yeah, I, I think I think with the Saints, uh, whoever goes there, hopefully they got they got reassurance for the Benson family that it would be a uh, couple of years of safe. Because I mean, that cap's bloated. They're going to have to cut some ties. They're going to have to get rid of some eat some money and just kind of almost revamp. They got to figure out what they got. They got to figure out what they got with Jameis. Didn't get much last year because he got hurt, you know, and then obviously Taysom Hill is not a quarterback that, that can sustain through a season. Uh, but you're right, though, that, that Michael Daniel hire, he's good. Um, and he runs the same offense that Mike Shanahan ran, that taught Kyle, that Tua kind of ran under Saban. And, uh, so there's going to be a familiar there's going to be a familiar playbook for him, and you you're 100 right what you said, Eric. If if Tua succeeds, that team's pretty good, and if Tua can succeed, I mean that's that's worth it right there in the, in the end, in the end for those guys. And yeah, he's a little quirky. He he looks like a, almost like a Silicon Valley nerd who just who had just got a startup, but he uh, he's a smart mind. Yeah, I think I, I said something. Agree with you on that. I think I think I sent something like that to a group text. I sent something like that. He looks like a guy out of Silicon Valley, which is pretty close to San Francisco, by the way. Um, and then I think I called. I think I said something like, "Mike McDaniel looks like looks like a looks like the type of person that would order avocado toast with a side mm-hmm. of kale and kombucha." Uh, I mean, just no. But in all seriousness, I mean, I this guy's. Brilliant football mind, obviously. I mean, this mm-hmm. is, I think this is, I think this is the dark horse hire, um, because of all the things you said too. Um, the offense is going to be similar to, is going to be very familiar to Tua. I like what they have on offense. I think they need to kind of look at that defense a little more. Um, obviously, big thing too with Tua, you got to protect that. You got to get that. You got to get him a line. Um, so. That kind of that wraps up the, the coaching hires. That wraps up the, some of the NFL news. But it's that time. Super Bowl preview. So Bengals Rams this Sunday. Two number one picks. One very recent. One not. Both uh, both trying to make history. So. It's gonna be a fun game, I think. Um, I I still like the Rams in this. Um, taking this whole Stafford equation out of it, um, I just think I mean, this is why they built the Rams the way they did. 
This is why they mortgaged their future. This is why Odell went there. This is why they traded for Von Miller. I don't think Cincinnati has the offensive line to protect Burrow um, enough with that defense. But Burrow, sneaky athletic, and they have a good round, they have a good ground game that I think is going to be instrumental. Um, if Cincinnati is to win it, they're going to have to run the ball a little more. Um, they're not going to have, they're not going to air it out and hope Jamar Chase catches it. Um, CJ Azuma, I'm not sure if he's question if he's playing. Um, I know he tossed his knee brace off the stage, the Cincinnati <laughs> pep rally. Um, he did, but I'm not sure. I mean, these are athletes at the biggest stage. What they play for, what they play their whole lives for. Um, so if he's has any, if he's healthy enough to play, he'll play. Um, but I, but that's going to be a big, that's a big loss if the, if he can't play. Um, but the running game in Cincinnati, I think, is slightly better than uh, they're not as banged up as the Rams. Um, but I think it's going to be a little closer than I don't think this is going to be a blowout. Um, like what I just, I just think LA has the edge. So that's kind of my take on that. I, I agree with you hundred percent. I think you actually probably stole my, every note you said and everything you said, I, I had almost all that stuff written down. The way I look at it, layman's terms, Rams have the better offensive line, better defensive line, they have the better receivers, they have the better cornerbacks. I'd argue they have the better head coach. The only, you could maybe argue Cincinnati has the better kicker. That's debatable. Go either way. Um, so it goes to Leafs quarterback. It's pretty even to me. I mean – it's not just being a, a, a Stafford Stafford backer. I think you, you're picking Cincinnati because you like Joe Burrow. You pick Cincinnati because you think it's a magical run and Joe will keep it close and Joe will figure a way to, way to win. I just think it, it, it's, it's ran out. And I just think he's going to get beaten up for a man who likes to get hit, for a man who's fearless, for a man who holds the ball touch long sometimes. They're gonna get. He's gonna get sacked. Stuff's gonna go awry when he gets sacked. When you start rushing, you have to, you have, you're, you're forced to throw on second long, third and long. Things just gonna start happening. Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald was awful quiet in that NFC Championship game. I think he's gonna have a huge game in this uh, Super Bowl. I think uh, Cincinnati does have some decent uh, cornerbacks. They play well. They play hard. They play a lot of man coverage. But it's hard to play man coverage against against uh, Cup, Beckham, Higby. You got uh, Acres come out of the backfield, and you just got these weapons. I just think at the end of the day, it's gonna be it's gonna be too much. They might get off to a slow start, but I think the comfort of being at home, the comfort. This is not gonna be a like most other playoff games where it's gonna be sixty percent the visiting team. This is a Super Bowl. This is a corporate event. There's going to be tons of corporate people there. Then you add the fans on top of that. So it's going to be less, less diehards, more businessmen, corporates, different things like that. 
and it's going to be it's going to feel comfortable. There'll be no silent no silent camp count for uh, Stafford like there were the last few playoff games. I just think it's it's not going to be a blowout, but Rams ten plus. I think I think it's going to be, and I bet that way all week with my prop bets. I bet I just the way I feel. I just think eventually it has to come to fruition. You can only play above your means for so long. There was no, they shouldn't have, this, I mean, I, I give Cincinnati all the credit in the world. They shouldn't have been there. They shouldn't have beat the uh, Raiders. Um, they played Tennessee hard. They, they beat, that was a good win. And they shouldn't have beat the, uh, the Chiefs. The Chiefs lost that game. Like I said, lastly, I feel more than Cincinnati won that game. I just think uh, the Rams are tested. They're tough. And they're going to take care of business. Uh, and I, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be that close. 10 plus. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, we've kind of seen college and college and NFL. Um, there seems to be a little when magic runs out. Um, mm-hmm. and, yeah, I mean, I'm not talking wrong. Both Michigan and Cincinnati did deserve a playoff spots. Um, but I mean, Cincinnati, I think, had more expectations out of the group of five than Michigan did. Um, Michigan was kind of that team that we're just like, you, know, we, you and I talked about a lot. Once they won the Big Ten, we're like, I think we're just happy. Like, we're going to the playoff. Like, mm-hmm. this, is, this is why we got Harbaugh, which no, we did, didn't talk about that yet. Um, um, that whole saga finally ending. Um, but it's uh, Cincinnati. I mean, I I love Joe Burrow. Um, and this is he had a meteoric rise uh, in that 2019 season uh, with arguably the greatest team in the last 20 years. I think um, I think it's very comparable to the those early 2000 Miami teams. Um, I mean, I think that's how good that LSU team was. Um, and people questioned, I questioned why, I mean, this guy was, was he a one-year wonder when he got hurt? I mean, he's, again, it's the intangibles that I love about Joe Burrow. And the guy can play. But he's got that swagger. He's got that confidence. He's got the leadership ability. And this is a team that, I mean, Every playoff game was single possession. I mean, either game could have gone easily gone the other way. I mean, the only game I think they did win handedly was more of that was that Las Vegas was the Raiders game, but I mean, you go back to that very controversial touchdown. That whistle, yeah. Um if, those, if the rules apply correctly and there's people talking, I mean, this is kind of ironic. You're looking at a quarterback that's having a great run against a Rams team. That's favored. Dave, does that sound, does this storyline sound familiar? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you go back to the 2002 Super Bowl, Patriots Rams. The, the gray show on turf. And a QB that 
many thought, okay, this is a good run. It turned into the greatest dynasty the league's ever seen and the greatest quarterback. I'm not comparing, but the storylines seem the same, but I still think the Rams have the better team. I still think they're going to win. Um, they, they don't have to travel. And these guys are chilling in their homes, wherever they are, the hills, Beverly Hills, uh, Carlsbad, wherever they are. And they don't have to. They don't have to travel that far. I mean, I'm, I'm sure the, they might stay at a hotel near the stadium the night before, but I don't think. I mean, they're, they're like Tampa last year. They don't have to travel. They don't. I mean, there's not much of a time difference when Kansas City went to Tampa, but this is a this is a three-hour difference. Granted, they're leaving. Cincinnati's leaving tomorrow. Um, do all the media days, but I mean they'll have four days to to get used to it. But it's still it's still interesting um, with the time zones, and it, it affects players more um, than people think. I mean this. I mean there's a reason why teams out west when they go east, if they're back to back, they stay. They stay out east. They're not, they're not dealing with that crap. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be a great game. I'm happy for Cincinnati. It Again, like I said, it gives me hope as a Lions fan that if I mean, seeing what the Bills have done, seeing what the Browns did last year, seeing what Cincinnati's done this year, I mean, it, those four teams I named, shit, Jacksonville. A few years ago, was in the AFC title game. Like, it gives, kind of gives you that hope that maybe we can finally do something. But look, I mean, I'd like if this was if Stafford wasn't a Rams QB and the Rams were in it, I'd be on the Cincinnati bandwagon for this game. But because of Stafford being the Lions, the loyalty that he had to the fans and the team restructuring the contract to sign guys to try to win. I want this for Stafford. Not so much the Rams, not for LA. I want it for Stafford. <laughs> um, so. I don't know if you have anything to add. No, and uh, you, you kind of said it. I mean, all I said it just it's, it's football sense, I feel. And a lot of times they don't doesn't go this way. So I'd come I could come on here next Tuesday and be the biggest loser ever. Because uh after through two first quarter picks, they got down by 15, 14 real quick by Joe Burrow and this this couldn't play catch up. And we, and we see and we both seen that song a dance before, uh, by number nine. And uh but I just think he's gonna be he's gonna be great. He's He's number one pick, crying out loud. The man's he's made for greatness. This guy is going to prove a lot of things. And uh, I hope it's close, just for a, as a general casual fan. Um, but uh, I just think there's too much talent on that side of the field. And uh, and, go, and go Rams. Yep. So I know you, I know you kind of wanted to touch on some prop bets. Uh, I'm kind of looking at some right now. Um, 
just kind of for fun. Some interesting ones that I would take. I mean, you're looking at, I mean, there's a plus 250 of Cooper Cup in a half yard. Um, that's according to Caesar, Caesar's Sportsbook. I mean, that could be pretty easy money. <laughs> if somebody fumbles and he picks it up, if Steph, if it's an end around to him, which mm-hmm. you could do uh, very easily, um, his over under is, I mean, FanDuel has cups over 104.5. Jamar Chase is, I think, pretty low at 78.5. Um, but those are minus. Those are minus 110, 115 odds. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the one where you can make the real money is kind of those touchdown scorers. Like first touchdown for first touchdown, Jamar Chase, plus 900. Odell Beckham is plus 1,000. Well, that's bet MGM. And FanDuel has them um, at plus 140. So you might want to download that bet MGM app <laughs> uh, and do that. Um, Cause their odds are crazy, crazy more. Um, so well, uh, it's kind of interesting. I mean, the prop bets, I know you can do this I and mean, look at the first play of the games. What do you have? What do you, I know you've said you have a few things out there already. Yeah, I've already bet 35 different prop bets personally. <laughs> um, and they're all they're all kind of baked into how I feel the game's gonna go, so to speak. But uh, a couple that I really do like. Um, just a couple of fun ones, real quick. National anthem. I bet it on Monday or Sunday, excuse me, Sunday night at over a minute 32, national anthem. It's already juiced up to a minute 40. So I got some good, good, good value on that already. Um, tails, I'm picking tails this year. I, I actually have not won the heads of tails in all the years I've been back in this game. So hopefully it's tails this year. A couple, then uh, Gatorade before the final whistle. I did yes. Um, a couple ones that I like game related, right, so to speak. Uh, I have Rams over three and a half team sacks that is now up to four and a half on some shops so i think that's a great value there i think they're gonna have four sacks they should if the game goes how i think it's gonna play they should have over four sacks um donald aaron donald um over over a half a sack miller over a half a sack um rams with the most sacks of the game so obviously against the uh against the Bengals. um Sometimes Matt does that stupid pump fake and he holds it too long. Sack, you know how that goes. Hopefully, you don't see much of those. I have Donald, uh, Aaron Donald to win the MVP plus 2,000. Um, Rams money line, that's just the play of the game. Or with a quarterback award. Mm-hmm. Um, that's usually a quarterback award unless Donald blows up the game. Um, opening kickoff, touchback. I've, I've bet yes on that. And the first play of the game on either side, I pick Rush. First possession of the game, I they, you always come out tight in the first. First, I mean your nerves, all lots of things go on. Quarterback will steal the ball high a few times. You get the punt, so first result is a punt. That McPherson over 
over one and a half field goals. Those are kind of my main ones that I really do like. Um, I think Cup's gonna have a huge game. I, I bet him for the most most uh, receiving yards of the game. And that's just that's you know, that's Matt's go-to guy. Yeah. And no, uh, I, I like this. This was, was a pretty good, some pretty good action picks you made. Um, I did want to say, I mean, you kind of gave, kind of said it was close on the kickers. Um, I'd definitely give the kicking edge to the Bengals, considering Matt Gay was short on two mid forty mm-hmm. yard field goals in the playoff run, which I'm not even sure how, as an NFL kicker, you are ever short on a mid forty yard field goal. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I would, I would feel very uneasy as a Rams fan if it came down to a kicking game. Um, if it comes to that. Um, but yeah, and that's yeah, you're, yeah, you're right on that. I think if it comes down to a kicking game or it comes down to a close game, and the Rams have no one to blame but themselves, it's gonna be more of a Rams loss than a Bengals win. I feel. Yeah, um, I'm just kind of looking at. I mean, I have the looking at the DraftKings sportsbook app right now uh, that I have. I mean, the line it's four and a half over under forty eight and a half. Um, Cincinnati plus uh, one seventy on the money line. Um, yeah, I mean TD scores. I mean, I kind of think it's interesting that. Jamar Chase is in the plus on an anytime score for this. Mm-hmm. I think that's a I think that's one I would take. It's plus one hundred on it's plus one hundred on the DraftKings sportsbook. May have to jump in on that one. <laughs> um, I just like that. I think that's a pretty good one. Uh, but yeah, it's a I mean the Super Bowl's fun. But it's been. Apparently, you have more success on longer odds than 50-50. Um, yeah. You never, never won the coin toss. Um, did you bet the Gatorade color this year? I remember a couple years ago you did. What's that? Say that again, I'm sorry? Did you bet the Gatorade color? I did. I did. Um, <laughs> when, last year, I, 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 got, I, I got a plus 600. I won. Um, I bet uh, yellow-green. As the two colors, that was a combination. Okay, that, that was plus five hundred. That's just kind of a crapshoot. Yeah, but uh, I mean, these are all for small dollars. They're just fun to do. You just mm-hmm. put them out and have a good time. The bigger bets would be on the on the game. Um, and I, I'm signing with the Rams, but uh, like I did some half halftime props. Like, well, Eminem have a beard. How many songs they're gonna sing? Different stuff like that. Just it's fun to do. It's a lot of fun. Because some of these bets that you do make are terrible, terrible, terrible odds. You just got to put a few bucks down just to, just to say you did, I guess. But uh, hope it's a good game. Uh, it's kind of funny because, like, this matchup here, uh, real quick, This, I mean, it's a good matchup. But if this was week 12, would this game be the primetime game? Would this game be the Fox if, or the CBS national if game? You, if, you I don't, flex, I don't, if you flexed it, no. Yeah, see, like this is a ten and seven team, a twelve and five team. I mean, it's decent teams, but this this isn't a much watch must watch game. If it was week nine, I wouldn't think right. It'd be a one o'clock game. 
I mean, yeah, it depends where it's at. I mean, if it's LA, yeah, you get, it's one o'clock LA time. Um, Since Daddy's the home team, technically, I guess. So, uh, okay, yeah, so it'll be a one o'clock game. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think he, I don't think he moved this game at all. Um, I do think I know you, I know you and I were kind of talking about the schedule um, next year, um, which that's coming. That release comes out in a couple months. Usually, they do that in April. Um, I will think I do think I mean you're going to see a little more Cincinnati next year in prime time um, because of their success this year and how everyone's like falling in love with Joe Burrow um, but I don't I it's kind of hard to say right now I don't think this team it's hard to maintain success in the NFL it really is mm-hmm. um, but this but it's a team that Cincinnati was in the division this year that furiously could have missed the playoffs because Baltimore lost on two point conversions a couple times. <laughs> um, and Cleveland had a, took a step back and obviously Pittsburgh has their own issues right now. So it kind of, I mean, the stars aligned for them to make this run. I yeah. don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't know if this is sustainable in that division. Um, There's definitely a scenario that they miss the playoffs altogether next year. Absolutely, but that Baltimore's good. The uh, their, their quarterback was hurt all year. The Steelers are good. They get themselves huh? a, a Russell Wilson or somebody in that division. Someone yeah. play quarterback for them. They're an Super Bowl contender. Yeah. I wouldn't imagine. The Brown, Browns, they got some good players. They got a good foundation. They got a quarterback problem. They start fixing that. I mean, it's like any, any I guess, any, on any team, you're a quarterback away, they always say. But uh, but you're 100% right on that, Eric. 100%. Yeah. Um, so it's a very interesting. It's going to be interesting. Um, I do. I mean, this is – okay, I mean, I, I'm very happy for – Cincinnati, like I said, I mean, this is a great story. This is this is Cinderella, um, or as I dubbed them, Cincerella. Um, this is that March Madness type team. I mean, this is like that 11 seed that made this is UCLA last year <laughs> um, type deal uh, that just kept winning, found ways to win. Um, this is. I mean, if you see it on every sport, team gets hot at the playoffs. So, I mean, I'll, I don't know. I mean, I, like I said, I mean, I do want the Rams. I am cheering for the Rams only because Stafford's on there. That I've admitted it for a while. Because um, essentially it gives the Lions a snake draft right now. I mean, that's kind of what I'm looking at. Um, I didn't want to – I don't want to really – I didn't want – Rams to be awful because we'd have two higher picks. We're gonna have we have three picks in the top thirty-three or thirty-four. I mean, Lions fans listening, I mean, you got to think about that. I mean, not many teams get that get the get that window like that. I mean, the Jets and Giants through trades. Wait, are they? Does the entire NFC East, except for Dallas, have two picks in the top 10? 
Mm, Eagles. Or do they have Jets one? Do. They, they Jets do. do. I think Jets only have one. Jets do? Jets have two. Um, I believe Giants have two. Eagles, I'm not sure. Um, Washington only has one. They're not tied. But anyway, uh, kind of digressed. But I mean, those are to have three picks in the top 34. Take it. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have that than two picks in the top 20. I know that sounds weird, mm-hmm. but then we'd only have, then you're, I mean, you still have three picks. Okay, so never mind. No, you'd have two picks. Yeah, I and mean, this way you get guys that fall out of the first round. Why? I said it earlier, quarterback run. A run on quarterback is going to cause some cause and cause some movement, and players are going to fall out because because of that. And you're likely going to get a guy that should have gone in the first round. And I would have no problem if the Lions took a quarterback in uh, with their first pick in the second round. But that's where I'm going to leave off. Um, Rams, Bengals, Sunday. I love being in Central Time for this because it's a five, five something kickoff. <laughs> um, but I'm just hoping that I'm just hoping it's a good game. Uh, I don't really care who wins or loses per se. I won't sleep if the Bengals win. If Stafford wins it. I'll be happy, like I said. So I'll let it go, Rams. Um, but Dave, you have anything to add? No, no. Go Rams, go Stafford. Hopefully next week, Tuesday, we're talking about the Hall of Famer, Matt Stafford, at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for listening. As always, I'm Eric Weirdo with Cousin Dave. Take care. Thank you.